0: Friday, January twelfth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesie, the uh, Guardians went a perfect seven for seven uh, again this year. They signed all of their arbitration eligible players before last night's deadline to exchange figures, and uh, it looks like their uh, their roster and their 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 payroll are, are pretty much going to be set and going to be in line with what things were like uh, uh, last year. What does uh What does the move by the Guardians to to make every uh, you know to get everybody signed and on the roster uh you know at this point heading into spring training uh what does that mean for Cleveland and you know what's it what's it say about where they are uh as a as a franchise right now?
1: Yeah, I think it gives them uh, some stability, Joe. Um, you know they've got uh you know no one's going to a hearing um and that's a, you know that's a big thing i think it's you know it takes a distraction off the table um and uh you know all all seven of these guys are signed uh you know they have uh really uh 15 players uh you know under contract right now that are paid for uh the 2024 season uh they also um you know uh they also have that's nine guys with that had existing contracts before, um, you know, before arbitration and, and the uh, seven arbitration guys. Uh, and it's only 15 because, you know, the, some of the dead money on in, in the uh, on the payroll belongs to uh, Gene Segura, who's they, they've they've still got to pay uh, his eight point five million that he's making uh, this year when they you know, they assumed that when they made the deal with uh, Josh Bell last year in Miami. So, you know, right now uh they're at, at right around 90 million in payroll with uh you know those 15 players if they fill out the um you know if they fill out the the existing uh the remaining 11 spots on the 26 man roster with guys making at or near the minimum which is uh, 740 100 7, 740 grand um you know they should be right right about where they were last year, which you know the opening day payroll according to Cots Baseball Contracts was 89 million.
0: The uh, sort of the lead dog in 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 that group of seven guys uh, that agreed uh, yesterday, obviously Shane Bieber uh, reportedly 13.125 million uh, MLB trade rumors uh, projection. Uh, for, uh, you know, right after the season uh, was that he would be uh, right around 12.2 million. Uh, does does that can, can we read anything into uh, those numbers being uh, a, a little different? Uh, you know, it, it's not like, uh, you know, Bieber got a raise there. It's it, it's more like those were, you know, that was the number that the, the two the team and the players settled on uh, the uh, the MLB trade rumors figure. I think sometimes people might, might take those a, a little too seriously uh, but you know, it's a good guide, but as far as, you know, that 13.125 million, uh, figure, you know, when, when some people saw that, that might've, you know, raised a question, uh, does that, can we read anything into that in terms of beaver's status or his future with the club?
1: Yeah, I don't think so, Joe. I mean, the projection was 12.2. He gets, uh, you know, 13.125, um, you know what a million bucks in in major league in major league baseball is like uh that's walking around money you know mm-hmm. that's that's uh, nothing's written in stone we don't know what Bieber's side was asking for we don't know what uh cleveland was uh you know offering so i think you know they probably settled on this somewhere in the middle and uh, this is what it is but i don't think it's uh it, i don't think you can read anything into it i mean it, the the one thing it does do is okay, you know. If you're going to trade this guy now, teams know, you know, just how how expensive he's going to be, you know, what what his value is, and what uh, you know the Guardians can can look into, uh, you know, equal kind of value what they want back for for a guy on this kind of contract.
0: Yeah, the other thing it does, and and you noted in your your post last night, uh, it makes Bieber for this season. Right now, the the second highest paid player on the team, uh, behind Jose Ramil, uh, Ramirez, who's making 17 million this year. So you know that 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 does you know send a message at least there that you know this is you know Bieber's Bieber's that guy. He's your ace. He's a former Cy Young winner, and uh, you know all the the accolades and and all the 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 credibility that he's built up in his career to this point that's, that's made him, you know, and he's going to make him a very highly sought after free agent at some point. uh, It it does, you know, say something in that clubhouse that, that he's at, you know, at 13.125, he's right behind Jose Ramirez there uh, at, at the top of the, the, the leaderboard in the clubhouse, I guess. Yeah, Joe.
1: And, and, you know, in arbitration, you, you very, very rarely does a player, you know come out on the losing end. Uh you, you can only cut a, in arbitration, you can only cut a player's salary at 20% and I even I don't think that's happened in years, you know, regarding the uh the Guardians. Uh so um uh, you know, this is, you know, he gets a raise, um uh, he's and uh, he you know, I think he, you know, he is established as, you know, the 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 top pitcher on the ball club right now, and I would think you know, right now, the way the market is shaping up, it looks like he's going to be uh, in the opening day lineup and uh, should break camp with the team. I don't know if he will be the, you know, the opening day starter on March 28th against Oakland, but I think he has a real good chance
0: of being that guy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if he's on the roster, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be the guy to take the ball uh, on opening night. Uh You know, uh, how many starts he gets in Cleveland or with Cleveland before, uh, you know, too long, before it gets too deep into the season, uh, before another team, uh, you know, starts pressing up and, you know, and and you never know uh, what what other teams are going to face in terms of their own injuries or their own needs. uh, Once the season begins, it might accelerate a timetable for a trade during the season. At that point, uh, with a with a contending team that thinks they need to to fill a hole. So, uh, it, you know, and then there's also the the question of, you know, his own durability and and how long, you know, he's going to be able to, or how long it's going to take for for him to to be able to prove that he he is again fully healthy uh, from the elbow uh, injury last year and and fully sound and and able to, to to put up the numbers that we're accustomed to seeing out of Shane Beaver. Uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, that's sort of what that he's got to live up to that 13.125 million. I think, uh, you know, before a team is going to come, uh, blowing the, the guardians away with, uh, with an offer that, that they can't turn down.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, they, you know, I, I would think, uh, by, by the size of the contract, they're pretty, they must be confident that he is healthy. You know, he had those last two starts. Uh, in September when he came off the uh, injured list and looked good. Uh, So I think they're, they're probably encouraged you know, he went to driveline, you know, the kind of to improve his, uh, his velocity this off season, you know, the, uh, you know, that (laughs) the baseball warehouse in Seattle Mm -hmm. where, where all the miracles occurred. So, uh, you know, that's a good sign. And uh, we'll have to see, you know, this is, uh, you know, you know we he, he you know the last time uh, Shane came back from an injury following the 2021 season you know uh, in 2022 he he won 13 games he pitched 200 innings you know he struck out 198 guys um you know so that that was a bounce back but he said he really didn't feel comfortable you know through you know part of that season so i'm sure he's going to have to go through that same kind of process through spring training in the early part of uh, the 2024
0: season. You you can go ahead and say it, Heinzy. Drive line is that place where Trevor Bauer went and you know it is connected to it. It's okay. We can we can speak his name every once in a while. It's not like if we say it 3 times he's going to show up in your mirror or something like that. It's it's okay. Uh we're 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 alright. Drive line's not a not a bad place just because Trevor Bauer went there and got, you know, uh got him a few extra uh miles per hour on his fastball. We we hope the same happens with with uh, Shane Bieber. It's just uh you know, you got to keep things light and keep things uh you know, whatever. Uh I I I just I go back to the conversation that we had with uh Stephen Vogt um when when he was introduced at his uh press conference and and he said, "Oh yeah, I've already had some conversations. Uh, I had lunch with Shane Bieber in Arizona." And and that was it. all. All of us sort of sort of you know our ears perked up, and you know we sort of looked at each other like, oh wow, well what, what do you think the the uh, the contents of that conversation uh, you know uh, entailed? And you know I'm I'm starting to get maybe a you know I'm going to speculate. I can get maybe a picture in my head of of how that conversation went. Mm-hmm. The two of them are are sitting down over a couple of slices of avocado toast or or something, <laughs> you know, and. And uh, in, in the conversation from vote side of thing probably goes, hey, you know, it, make no bones about the fact that this organization uh, is it trades pitchers that are in a position like you. And, uh, you know, there's the it's it's what the reality is. But you've you've got an opportunity to go out there and and show us for the first, you know, three, four months of the season, uh, you know, what kind of pitcher you are and show other teams and. Uh, you know, give us the best of Shane Bieber for the first three months of the season. And and i promise and and from both side of things, he's got to promise uh Bieber, hey, every time you're in the lineup, I'm gonna put together an A plus lineup to win that day. You know, you're not gonna be uh, you know, to to the best of their ability, you're not gonna be pitching with uh, you know, triple A guys playing defense behind you or a batting order uh that that doesn't have as much firepower as they can put in. You know, it, it, it as far as vote is concerned, if he does that and he says that to Shane Bieber, you know, I, I gotta believe Bieber's gonna gonna give him what he wants. Yeah, I, I was wondering where do you think they had lunch? Like Chipotle's, uh, no. you know? Like no, no, no. <laughs> Chipotle? Come on, Panda Express? No, Panda no, Express? That's not, yeah, that's not where they're eating lunch. They're probably probably a nice restaurant, maybe in a hotel somewhere or something like that. <laughs> Definitely some place that serves avocado toast. I, I think that's that that's what they're some sort of uh, huevos rancheros or you know something. Something that they can uh, they can snack on there, but uh, no, I don't know where they where they would have met for for lunch, but I would imagine that uh, that Stephen vote picked up the tab for sure. So, yeah, uh,
1: definitely. Well, Bieber could have picked up the tab
0: with well, the, Bieber <laughs> could pay for quite a few lunches right now with the with the contract he's going to get, and you know, and and we know that he's going to be a, a, a possibly a. A, a guy that uh, signs a, a long look at the look at the contracts that some of these pitchers have been signing right now. Some of these Japanese pitchers have been able to come over and sign uh, uh, Shote uh, Im- Im- Imagna. I, I'm butchering the name, obviously, but this is a 30 year old left hander who just signed with the Cubs, uh, you know, and he's going to be making, uh, you know, a boatload of money over the next, uh, you know, five, six years. So, uh you know the the market out there is good, and and Shane Beaver knows that he's going to get paid as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, there's no doubt about
1: it, and uh, you know he, Shane, this is what Shane has been pointing towards. This is why they haven't been. Uh, you know, he had he had turned down multiple uh, extension offers from Cleveland. Uh, the, he knows if he stays healthy if he has another good season if he pitches close to 200 innings he knows how much he's going to make per year and it's going to be you know it's going to be between what 25 and 35 million a year he knows that kind of contract is waiting for him he's only uh what 28 29 and uh you know he has shown the ability uh to to win at this level and and uh, be very very proficient at this level he won the Cy Young in 2020 uh, this is a guy that, if he's healthy, you know, he's a he's a top of the rotation starter, and he's a year away from free
0: agency. Uh, some of the other uh, Guardians players that that signed uh, and their their figures that they signed to or uh, agreed to um, yesterday, uh, Scott Barlow, who was acquired in a trade uh, from uh, the, the Padres, uh, signed at six point seven million. Uh, Josh Naylor, six point five five million. Uh, so those are really the uh, the only two other uh, you know contracts that were were more than a couple million there. Uh, Barlow, obviously a, a guy that you know they they picked up uh, after they they traded away Cal Quantrill uh, after they traded traded away Angel De Los Santos. Uh, so that that money basically comes back in the form of Scott Barlow uh but but he has a, a chance to really step in and pitch some meaningful innings at the back end of this bullpen if this team contends this year it'll be uh partly because Scott Barlow is is able to to contribute in, in that way and and if not if they're not contending at the end of the year then Scott Barlow is going to be another uh you know sought after trade piece at the deadline
1: yeah, Joe, and I, I'm still curious on how he's going to fit into uh, the bullpen. Uh, is he going to be the co-closer with cl- uh, Class A? Is he going to be the co-setup uh, man with Trevor Steffen? Is he, what, what inning is he going to pitch in? And does this still, uh, you know, make a Class A available on the trade market where, you know, Barlow could step in and be the closer? It, it It's a curious situation, and I guess you can never have too many relievers, uh, but I, you know, I'm really curious and anxious to see
0: where he fits in that bullpen. I I agree. I think well, let's let's presuppose that Barlow is uh you know on the uh, that Barlow and Classe are both on the opening day roster. You haven't traded classe A before the season starts. Then uh, and the only reason you would trade classe A, uh, regardless of the the 12 blown saves last year, you're not trading him based on performance. You're trading Class A based on his contract and how much uh, other teams would value it and and you know value uh, getting a top level closer for the you know pretty re- relatively small contract that he he has uh, over the the remainder of uh, the years he's signed. Uh, if Barlow and Class A are both on the team, uh, I think you you have to leave Class A at least at the start of the season. You have to leave him as your number one closer as your main guy. He's got. 40 plus saves the last two seasons, the the message that you're sending is, uh, you know, 40, 40 or more saves in the last two years, top reliever in the American League, and you're going to lose your job, uh, you know, just because uh, you you blew 12 saves last year and people didn't have a real positive feeling about you at the end of the year. Uh, I, I, I don't buy that. I don't think that that's the way you, you operate. And I don't think you want to send that message in the in the clubhouse uh to uh to that guy i think scott barlow fits in the eighth inning setting up class a directly at least at the start of the season and taking some of that pressure off of St- uh, trevor stefan that we saw you know last year it, it, it if, if you bump stefan back and you can use him in tandem with uh sam Henches in the you know sixth, seventh, maybe in the eighth inning as as well uh i i think you make trevor steffen better if scott Barlow steps in with a little more uh you know a little bit more experience a little more uh you know i don't want to say just a, a, just a little more gravitas in that in that spot he comes in and 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 uh you know settles that down and and trevor steffen might get give you more uh in a, in a in a role where he's not expected to do as much
1: I agree, Joe. I think, uh, you know, that's probably how it's going to shake out. And, uh, you know, every time you look at Class A's contract and, you know, (laughs) measured against the work he's done, the last three years he's had more than 70 or more appearances. The last two years, what, 86 saves? You know, this is the bargain of all bargains. And uh, why would the Guardians let him go? Why would they trade him away unless – like you suggested they were getting a boatload of talent in return because this guy you know <laughs> a 5 year deal worth uh, what 20 million and he's got two club options attached to it i mean this is i don't want to say this is highway robbery but this is highway robbery it's, when, it's, when 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 you compare them to other closers
0: it's malpractice is what it is if you're if you're the guy is, a,
1: mal- you know they did a great uh, cleveland did a great job on this contract, it is more than a club friendly contract.
0: Yeah, and and if you're Cleveland, you can't walk around, you know, bragging about what a what a club friendly contract that is, because basically you'd be bragging about how you you screwed over one of the best closers in the uh, in, in the game, uh, and you've got him working for for peanuts on what he could be making uh, in the the free agent market. But uh, you know, he's he's here as long as he's here, and if he opens the season with Barlow on the roster. I still think Class A is your your number one closer without a doubt, and and Barlow fits into that eighth inning and and gives you uh, some 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 really good uh, you know opportunities to match up and and, uh, and and get the ball to Class A in a position where he's not having to protect a one run lead every time uh, if that's going to be the case. Uh, other yeah, guys, Joe, and,
1: and Joey, I think he can help. He can help Class A too. You know he can he can you know if if there's a couple of days if there's a, a part of the season oh, yeah. a stretch of the year where he's pitched three days in a row then you go with uh, Barlow in a safe situation and give Class A a rest because you know, for the last two years there's, it's been Class A and no one else
0: right and but it's it, but it's not a, a you know Class A is still your number one guy he's still your number yeah. one closer and and you would only be using Barlow in that uh, closer's role as a as a fill in I, I I gotta believe that that's the uh, the case there. And, uh, you know, you saw Trevor Stephan, they, when they tried to do that with Trevor Stephan, uh, it it was a bit much for him. It was a bit overwhelming, I think. And, uh, you can't, you can't forget Stephan's still so young and, and you, you've got him under contract too. You don't want to ruin him in the first two years of that deal and and make it so that, you know, by the end it's, it's sort of like, uh, Uh, a Zach McAllister situation where, you know, he you'd already seen the best of him the first two years. And, you know, he was sort of hanging on by a thread the last uh, the last couple of uh, times you had him out there. So uh, other uh, guardians on the list of seven who signed uh, James Karachuk, one point nine million, Sam Hentges, one point one six two and Nick Sandlin, one point zero seven five. All those pretty much in line with uh, what the projections were for those guys. Uh, but it's the Josh Naylor uh, $6.55 million, uh, figure uh, when he was projected from uh, uh, baseball um, MLB uh, trade rumors. Uh, he, he was projected, I, I believe, up over uh, 7. He was at 7.2 on their projection. Uh, can we read anything into that? Is that uh, an indication there of anything?
1: No, I don't think so, Joe. If if uh, Naylor and his agents were unhappy with with the deal, they could have gone to a hearing and, you know, Josh based on the last 2 years certainly has uh, you know, has has a lot of ammunition, has a lot of uh statistics on his side if they wanted to argue money and get the last dollar, uh they could have they had a good case.
0: Yeah, another year like uh Naylor had 308, uh, 17 homers, 97 RBIs. Uh, he's going to double that figure in his next year of uh arbitration if uh if those are you know anywhere near the the target that he can come up with uh speaking of numbers uh, high numbers outrageously high numbers uh yesterday uh Juan Soto uh, announced he they had reached a uh, an arbitration agreement with the uh the Yankees uh more than 30 million dollars you're talking what 31 uh million dollars, uh, breaking the record, uh, set by Shohei Ohtani the previous year for, uh, an arbitration eligible player, uh, $31 million. And, you know, is that an indication of how much he could make, uh, if, if he were, uh, out on the free agent market right now?
1: Oh, I think so, Joe. Um, And I love the way uh, these contracts work, especially in arbitration. You know, when one agent tries to outdo the other agent and, uh, you know, Scott Boros represents uh, Soto and uh, Otani had the uh, the single season arbitration record last year at 30 million. So Soto's got to get 31 million. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we'll push it a little bit over the line so that agent has bragging rights. It's, it's, uh,
0: yeah, and it happens all the time. So, uh, this is another example of that. Yeah. It's like, uh, what when, when Lindor's contract was announced, it was like, uh, 451 million to, uh, who was the, the player that he, he wanted to get more, uh, was it Machado or, uh, whoever it was, he, he got 1 million more than, you know, uh, over the life of his contract than, uh, the guy who had just previously signed. So, uh, yeah, again, it's it's a, a game of one-upsmanship, I guess, uh, in, in in some degree. Uh, the Yankees uh, not done uh, out there yesterday. They go out and they sign Marcus Stroman. Uh, he agreed to a deal uh, with New York to to sort of bolster their um, their starting rotation. Uh, now you look at that rotation, and it's got uh, um, it's got Garrett uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, Garrett Cole uh, Marcus Stroman is in there. Uh, Carlos Rodon is in there. Nestor Cortez is in there. Uh, it's now, uh, you know, st- starting to shape up and, and starting to look like something, uh, after, uh, the Yankees signed Stroman to a two year, $37 million contract, uh, with a, with a vesting option for a third year.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, this goes uh, obviously another arm for the Yankees and maybe, uh, you know, a, an alternative to a Blake Snell. They were talking to Blake Snell, the two time Cy Young winner, uh, who won, you know, from San Diego. And, uh, you know, it sounds like the gap was too big for them to close on that. So they go to Stroman and, uh, you know, nice pitcher, good arm. And uh, I think he loves New York. He pitched in, uh, for the Mets, so he'll be
0: right at home at Yankee Stadium. Well, he's from New York. He's a a New York kid, and, you know, uh, now he's pitched. uh, He will have pitched for for both New York teams, uh, kind of probably a a dream of his at some point uh, to do something like that. But, you know, this is a guy who uh, the Guardians uh, Cleveland has always, you know, really has always hit him pretty decently. So, uh, you know, it's it's not like uh, uh, this is a guy who, um has has really dominated the 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 Guardians lineup like Cole has in the past uh you know Strowman's a guy that they can maybe get to
1: yeah they they hit him uh, i think he was with the cubs i remember yeah they've hit this guy with Toronto uh mm-hmm. you know they've had some success against him and uh we'll have to see if it carries over to, uh, now that he's in pinstripes
0: yeah it's more about it's more about the the, the team around you and it's a sort of a different yeah. lineup out there in New York uh uh that they'll be facing uh when they face Stroman at some point uh in the coming year. Uh as far as other uh you know other news and and, and other uh signings there was a a group of players that uh, I believe 23 players did not reach agreements, 23 arbitration eligible players did not reach agreements uh with uh their clubs and are probably headed towards arbitration hearings. Uh, they, they can still negotiate right up until the time of the hearings, so that you know you're not for sure going to see uh, you know arbitration hearings for all these guys. But uh, really, the the one that jumps out at you is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, almost uh, you know a little over over a million and a half dollars away apart uh, between him and the uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, Guerrero asking 19.9 million and the blue jays offering uh 18.5 or 0.05 so uh the uh you know they might be heading towards a, a hearing there uh Adolis Garcia asking for 6.9 million uh, and uh, offered uh 5 million from the rangers uh Luis Rise, 12 million uh was his ask and uh the the uh, Marlins uh probably heading for a a, a hearing here because uh it's a ten point six million offer from the Marlins, so that's uh almost two million dollars different there. Uh Alec Baum and the uh Phillies are uh you know relatively relatively close, four million dollars asking and three point four million dollars offered. Austin Hayes, six point three million asked and five point eight five offered, and Jonathan India uh in the Reds. Uh, asking for four point uh, or four million dollars and offered three point two million. So, uh, you know when right now uh, uh, they're in a point where these teams can still negotiate with these players, but uh, some of these teams take a, a file and trial approach, uh, and you know we you, you you sort of stuck with what the arbitrator decides. It's either one of those one of those two figures is going to be the the salary for that year. Uh, for that player what does it uh can we read anything into Vladdy guerrero uh you know not taking uh the offer from uh the blue jays last year
1: you know joe i don't think so i mean guerrero didn't have the greatest of years last year you know he didn't uh you know drive the ball that whole toronto team is kind of a, a weird team offensively uh you know and then it, I, I'm, I'm not sure if uh the the Blue Jays are a you know a, a file and trial team, but it seems like you could re- work out a deal here. Seems like you could split the difference and 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 make everybody happy. But if it goes to arbitration, uh, as you said, uh, it's either uh, the the Blue Jays offer or uh, or the Guerrero's numbers. So you can't. There's no middle ground then.
0: Yeah, and you know they, both their guys. Uh, Bo Bichette, I believe, last season was uh, you know a guy that they went to. Uh, uh, an arbitration hearing with. So, uh, it, it's, it, that, that's top talent for them. And th- those are like their, their two, uh, you know, faces of their franchise and, and both of those guys, uh, not, you know, settling with the club. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you can read anything into it, but again, you're talking about, uh, the, the Blue Jays have, uh, as deep, uh, in terms of their pockets as, uh, as any team, uh, in major league baseball, uh, they have the ability to go out and sign, uh, you know, any player and, and spend as much money as they want. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just interesting to see uh, a guy like uh, Vladimir Guerrero that you don't have him uh, already locked up at at, at some point uh, this far along in the process. Yeah, right. you,
1: and Joe, and, and, you know, you if you go to arbitration, it all depends what kind of guy, you know, what kind of read you have on your players. You know, some people can go to arbitration, you know, And they can hear the negative stats uh, presented by by the team and it rolls off their back. Uh, Other players, you know, take it personally and and it hurts, you know, they get their feelings hurt, you know, and, and, you know, it it could affect their performance uh, the the following year. And it definitely could shape their opinion on staying with the club once they reach free agency. So this, this is a delicate, uh, a delicate process. And, you really have to be careful as a team when uh you know if you go if you take this uh to all the way to a hearing
0: yeah anytime you're a you're a club and uh you hear the word arbitration you always want to hear uh another a word before you want to hear avoid arbitration yeah. uh, those those two words work in tandem and if you're the ball club uh, and and the fans you you want to hear avoided arbitration uh as as the uh the, the way that you use that phrase especially around this time of year and Joe, uh, speak- the, only,
1: the only guy that i that i covered that liked
0: going to arbitration was trevor bauer mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. he went twice and beat cleveland both times he wanted it he w- we welcomed it he was like preparing for it and he you know he wanted to sit down at the table and hear the bad things that the arbitrator was or the uh Uh, the, the major league baseball's, you know, lawyers and their side were going to argue on behalf of the, uh, uh, the club, he, he wanted to take that all in. So, uh, but you know, again, you're talking about a guy who keeps receipts for, for a long time. So, uh, yeah, again, that's, it's, it's strange that you would want to go and have all of your, your, uh, basically everything exposed and out there and put on the table and, and see all that. So, uh. Hey, uh, want to mention to our listeners, uh, subtext is the best way to get updates about uh, arbitration, about trades, about uh, off-season moves. Uh, you can log on to cleveland.com/subtext or send a text message to 216-208-4346. It's 3.99 a month to get uh, updates from Hoynes and from me uh, throughout the off-season and heading into spring training and heading into Guards Fest, which is coming up uh, rapidly approaching. A week from tomorrow, Hoinsey, uh, we will be at the Huntington Convention Center uh, of Cleveland, and uh, about 34 of our uh, favorite Guardians players will all be there. Uh, just announced today officially, uh, Jose Ramirez is on the roster, uh, as well as Tristan McKenzie, Miles Straw, Sam Henches, Tim Heron, Trevor Stephan, Ramon Laureano, and Angel Martinez. Uh, that uh, you know is to, to piggyback on. Uh, the announcement uh, last week that uh, Andres Jimenez, Tanner Biby, Gabriel Arias, uh, Gavin Williams will also be there, uh, as well as both Josh and Bo Naylor scheduled to appear. Uh, some young guys, some faces that we haven't met before and haven't seen before. Uh, Davis and De Los Santos, Jonathan Rodriguez, uh, you know, are, are, gonna, are scheduled to be there as well. Uh, Juan Brito uh, on the roster. Uh, and and they're getting Brian Rocchio to come in. Uh, he's he's playing in the Venezuelan uh, uh, Winter League uh, playoffs tonight, and uh, you know just to he's gonna be flying in, coming in hot. I'm gonna assume. So it'll be good to catch up with all those guys there, and fans for the, they'll be able to interact with some of these players and you know talk to them, get some autographs, and maybe post post for some pictures. Uh, Guards Fest is gonna be a good time. Good deal, Joe. All right, Hoinsie, uh that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will uh, catch up with you uh, on uh, Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Uh, we'll talk to you guys then. All right.